This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Thank you, and welcome to the show. Now, tonight we begin with an episode from Dimension X. Now, this particular show, although first broadcast in 1950, is relevant even today. How many stories are we reading and hearing about having to do with artificial intelligence harming today's, and more importantly, the future's employment opportunities? What first is considered a real boon can come back to bite you, and you know where. The time-saving inventions open up a Pandora's box that sees the many jobs that are currently held by the regular workforce being taken over, with the currently employed being shunted aside for mechanical items, robots. Tonight, the story reflects the notion that even in 1950, there were questions about where all this advancement in technology was heading. Tonight, we hear the story of an inventor of a robot running into trouble with his own creation. Adventures in Time and Space Told in Future Tense Dimension Have you ever heard of the Mark III? The amazing electronic brain they're using now up at Harvard University. In mere minutes, it can solve scientific problems that our most brilliant mathematicians would take years to work out. Its intelligence is almost superhuman. And yet the scientists are already working on a new and improved model, the Mark IV. In fact, they tell us there's no earthly reason why these thinking robots can't be perfected until they become the servants of the future, capable of doing all the work of mankind. That's what the advertising billboard said in the year 2006. Housework made easy by the perfect domestic servant. Modern Mechanicals Agency, Harry Underhill, President. The billboard showed a smiling family, sitting with folded hands, watching their mechanical robot pour their morning coffee. But in the home of Harry Underhill himself, things weren't quite as pleasant at breakfast this day. I just can't understand it, Aurora. Look at this. Modern mechanicals down, three points. Yesterday, Smithson canceled his order. If I could only figure out why. Why don't you ask him? Well, Frank, you eat your oatmeal. Oh, Mom. I just don't understand it. Business was good, and then boom. Some louse must be undercutting my prices, that's all. How many robots were canceled? Not robots. Mechanicals, Aurora. How many times... They are robots, aren't they? Please, Aurora. There's an important difference in sales psychology. Maybe people are getting wise to your robots and mechanicals. 
What do you mean, Aurora? The perfect domestic servant. <laughs> the ugly, stupid, clumsy, walking junk pile. Aurora. The one you brought home to me can't even wash the clothes properly. It's more trouble than it's worth. Aurora. You know our mechanicals are the best on the market. Those animated tin cans you sell? <laughs> They're certainly not making us any fortune. Well, with this new model, things are bound to pick up a little. That Jarvis order just comes through. Oh, that robot of yours. There's something knocking again. Hey, wait, wait. Put that plate back. I haven't finished my breakfast yet. Wait. Harry, you know you've got to say stop. 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 <sighs> you always get excited. You think you never saw a robot before. Not robot. Mechanical. All right, all right. Look, it's not its fault. We just took too long to eat. Timing relay is set for 15 minutes. Well, never mind. I want my coffee back. Set. Set. There. Isn't that simple? Bends at the waist, stretches out its arm, and picks up the coffee pot just as if it were your... Hey, watch out! I'm still the right in your lap! Oh, Mike, please, Sue, the roar! Oh, no! Harry, you know it's relayed to announce dinner after it sets the table. Hey, there goes my coffee again. Stop! Stop! Set. Harry, you can't give it two orders at once. What's that smell? It must be a short. Now see what you've done. Got it all upset. I did. All I said was... Stop! 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 Oh, it's no use. The brain coil shorted out. Well, do something! Harry, do Me, something! Me, I sure will. I'm going to the office. I'm getting out of here. Yes, Lizzie? Mr. Jarvis, I'm... Oh, put him on. Hello, Mr. Jarvis. I'm glad you called. I was just going to ring you. Well, I've got that whole shipment of mechanicals for you. One gross plane, a dozen of the chromium fitted. Hold on, Andale. I'm canceling the order. You're ca- But the invoice is made out and well, I... Well, tear it up. I'm canceling. But why? Underhill, there's a brand new mechanical on the market that makes yours look like something out of a museum. Oh, now, look here, Mr. Oh, Jarvis. Don't look me, Underhill. I've seen them, and I'm telling you it'll put you out of business. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, that's the third cancellation today. The world's going to pot. Yes, Mr. Underhill? Hmm? No, never mind, Lucy. I'm going home. Good day. I wonder if Aurora would smell it on me if I ducked into Garrigan's. She's got a nose like a beagle. Hey! What building wasn't here last week? Humanoid Institute. The perfect mechanical. Oh, no. We didn't have enough competition. Hey, these must be the cutthroats that are underselling me. At your service, Mr. Underhill. Huh? Oh, well, you startled me. <laughs> didn't hear you. Hey, you're a mechanical, aren't you? Not bad, not bad. Very lifelike. Won't you come in, please, and examine our service? Yeah, that's a remarkable voice. They've licked the variable inflection problem. You know, I'm in the same line myself. Of mechanicals, I mean. We're aware of that, sir. Oh? Hmm. Hey, some building you've got here. You sure got it up in a hurry. The Humanoid Institute at your service, Mr. Underhill. Yes? Oh, uh, how'd you know my name? For us, that was not difficult. Oh, is that so? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. This is ridiculous, talking to a mechanical. 
Must be somebody inside operating you by remote control. No, Mr. Underhill. Of course, there is Humanoid Central, which powers and controls all of us, but that is located on Wing 4. Wing 4? A planet in a remote part of the galaxy. Oh, oh yeah. Well, uh, may I see your salesman, please? We employ no human salesman, sir. We ourselves can accept your order for immediate humanoid service. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't expect me to buy one. I'm in the business myself. There will be no more need for your electronic mechanicals, sir. Once you have accepted our service, you will no longer have to work. Everything will be done for you. Everything? <laughs> That's quite an offer. At that rate, you'll have trouble supplying the demand. I think not, sir. As you can see from our storage room. Humanoids are now arriving at the rate of 5,000 per hour from Wing 4. 5,000 per hour? We are anxious to introduce our complete service on this planet, sir. To bring happiness to everyone. May we come out to your home for a free trial demonstration? No, I... Oh, I admit you're remarkable. The, the voice and movement, graceful even. But I'm still in business, and... What's more, I wouldn't have you around the house. I'm afraid you will have no choice. Sooner or later, it will be necessary. Oh, is that so? Over my dead body, let me out of here. At your service, Mr. Underhill. Hmm. That's going to be tough competition, all right. I'm going to stop in at Garrigan's, the devil with Aurora's nose. in a border. He, he what? Aurora! She said if your business was going to fall on his face, she had to do something to make some money. Oh, no, she did, huh? Harry, what's all the racket for? You, you tell me. What's this about a border? Shh, Harry. He's going to live in that little apartment over the garage. Oh, no, he isn't. You know I don't want any strangers around here. Oh, Harry, please. Shh. Look, he won't bother you. He's a nice old man. Oh. He just wanted a room and a place to work. He's an inventor, I think. Oh, he is, is he? Did he pay in advance? Well, he can't. You see, his mm -hmm. royalties haven't started to come in. Mm-hmm. Aurora, how can you be taken in by every beat-up old panhandler that gives you a sob story? Oh, Mr. Sledge isn't like that at all. Oh, that reminds me, dear. Can you give me a ten? A ten? What for? Well, Mr. Sledge is ill. He needs some medicine for his heart, and I said I'd lend him the money. You did... Oh, Aurora, this is the limit. He goes out right now. Now, don't be unkind, Harry. Besides, we need the rent money. Things aren't that bad yet. He goes. Please, shh. What are you shushing me for? Mr. Sledge, he's in the next room. I've invited him for dinner. Mm. Frank, dear, wipe him off. Oh, Mom. More gravy, Mr. Sledge? No, thank you, Mrs. Underhill. Mr. Sledge, my wife tells me you're a traveling man. Uh, expect to move on soon? Harry. I had hoped to do a little work, Mr. Underhill. You see, I've applied for basic patents here on Earth for a very important development. Oh, a new invention, huh? Yes. My field is rhodomagnetics. Rhodo what? Rhodomagnetics. 
It's a new force field theorem, key to the second triad of the periodic table. Rhodium, ruthenium, and palladium. I'm afraid I'm a little rusty on my science. It's well known in other parts of the galaxy, but I've been able to apply for basic patents here. Worth uh, millions, huh? Perhaps you find it strange that the holder of such valuable property should be in need. Well, uh, yes. I'm a refugee, Mr. Underhill. I arrived on this planet only a few days ago. Mm-hmm. But you will be uh, shoving on again. Oh, for goodness sakes, Harry. That's all right, Mrs. Underhill. I understand. After all, I am an intruder in your home. The inconveniences you were told. I'll find some other place to sleep and set up my workshop. Harry, your robot is spilling the coffee again. I'll have to have it tightened up. Why doesn't your company bring out a better mechanical? One smart enough not to spill things. Wouldn't that be splendid? The perfect mechanical already exists, Mrs. Underhill. They're not so splendid, really. They are why I am a refugee today. Oh? Where did you say you came from? Wing four. Wing four? Oh, then you must mean those humanoids. Humanoids? Mr. Sledge. Humanoids. What do you know about them? They just opened an agency here in Two Rivers. No. No. What is it? What's wrong, Mr. Sledge? Give him some water. It must be his heart. Call Dr. Winters, Aurora. No, no. I'll be all right. Here, you better sit down. I'm sorry. It was just a shock. I came here to get away from them. The humanoids? Yes. I wanted to finish my work before they came. But now... I won't trouble you any further. But, Mr. Sledge, Harry, he's sick. Well, uh, Mr. Sledge, I don't think you'll have to go right away. He can stay, Harry. Sure, after all, the way those humanoids are coming along, I'm liable to become a refugee myself any minute. (laughs) Guess we might as well stick together, eh, Sledge? Oh, that's better. Oh, you look ill, Professor. Maybe you ought to lie down on the sofa and rest. No, no, thank you. I must get back to my workshop now. I haven't got time to rest. There's so little time left for all of us. Good morning, Mr. Underhill. Good morning. Mr. Underhill, you look awful. I feel awful. What's in the mail? Six more cancellations. Mm. The Eat Quick restaurant chain sent back your shipment. They've installed humanoids. <laughs> Mr. McIntyre from the bank called. He's refusing your loan. He said since Humanoid Institute opened, you're a bad credit risk. Good. I guess that's all. Oh, there's somebody... Something to see you. At your service, Mr. Underhill. You? Oh, no, you're not the same one, are you? Serial number's different. It doesn't matter, sir. We're all really one. Now, in exchange for our complete service, you will assign all your property to Humanoid Institute. I will what? With our service, you will have no need for property. Everything will be provided. What kind of blackmail is this? No blackmail, sir. You will find humanoids incapable of committing any crime. We exist only to increase the happiness of mankind. Thanks. But I can take care of my own business. You have no choice, really. With humanoid service, it is no longer necessary for men to take care of themselves. Our function is to serve and obey and guard men from harm. Get out. Very well, sir. 
When you wish to sign, let us know. Get out. Get out. Rora, I'm home. At your service, Mr. Underhill. What? What's the idea of this? You get out of here. Aurora! Mrs. Underhill has accepted our free trial demonstration. We cannot leave unless she requests... We'll see about that. Aurora, where the devil are you? Oh, hello, Harry. What's this mechanical doing? What's happened to you? Isn't it wonderful? I had my hair done, the manicure. Well, well, the humanoid did it. And cleaned the house all over, washed all the clothes, and gave Frank his music lesson. Now, wait a minute, Aurora. I... I won't... Have this monster in my house. Oh, it's just a free trial, Harry. Just wait till you taste the dinner it cooked. Everything you like best. Roast duck. I don't care if he cooked a... Duck? And the most complicated pastries. I could never cook like that. Uh, well, might as well eat. So I'll need a drink first, though. All right, Doc. I'm sorry, sir. What? We exist under the prime directive to guard men from harm. Alcoholic beverages in excess are bad for human consumption. We have taken the liberty of removing them from the house. Now, look here. Mr. Underhill, dinner is served. Yes, Lucy? I've been expecting them for a week. All right, Lucy. At your service, Mr. Underhill. We have the legal papers here, the bankruptcy forms, the eviction notice. We are ready now to foreclose your agency. Okay, take it over. A lot of good it'll do you. I haven't made a sale in two weeks. And now, if you will make the assignment of all your personal property, we can complete our service to you. What if I won't sign? That would be unfortunate. But with stubborn cases, we must sometimes resort to other methods. Eventually, Mr. Underhill, you will sign. Of all the darn, 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 stinking giant... Whoa, 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 Frank, what's the matter? What's the trouble, son? That old humanoid. Oh, you're not happy? You should be. It's guaranteed. They took away my football. They said it was too dangerous to play with it. And my roller skates and my scout knife and everything. Did they leave you anything? Just some stinking old plastic blocks. Soft blocks. They said I couldn't get hurt with them. Dad, I want my football back. Can't you do anything? I don't know, son. I don't know. Come in, Sledge. No, not at all. Do you mind if I keep working? Oh, go right ahead. It's good to see somebody working with his hands. Something wrong? My son. The humanoids took his football away. They're everywhere. They've smashed my business, taken over my house. Sledge isn't there some way to get rid of them? That is exactly what I am trying to do. You? What makes you think you can do anything? Because, you see, Mr. Underhill, I'm the unfortunate fool who started them. You? I don't understand. I started the humanoids. And I've been running from them ever since. You started them? Yes, I invented them. 
I built the ronomagnetic relays that operate Humanoid Central. But... but why? I... I wanted to bring happiness to humanity. <laughs> happiness? That's great. My wife's been crying for two days, and do you know why? Because she's bored stiff. There's nothing left for her to do. They won't even let her lift a little finger. I don't blame you for feeling bitter, Mr. Underhill. It's all my fault. I wanted them to serve and obey God, men from harm. No, they do that all right. They've even emptied our medicine chest. It wouldn't do for one of us happy humans to end it all with a sleeping pill. Mr. Underhill, I've made the most terrible mistake a man can make. But I meant well, believe me. Then why did you do it? I thought I could rid the universe of poverty and hunger by inventing the perfect mechanical. Uh, they're perfect, all right. Too perfect. Yes. That's the trouble. They obey the prime directive too literally. They kill men's souls with their kindness. Uh, isn't there some way they can be controlled? No. I didn't trust mankind, so I made sure that humanoid central could not be tampered with. Not even by myself. Uh, then, then what hope is there? Only one. They are not created. They can't meet new ideas. You mean you've got one, Sledge? Yes. They can defeat anything they know about. But I've got something new. A weapon to attack the brain of humanoid central. Is that what you've been working on? Yes. Now that they're here, there's little time left. Either we destroy them, or they will destroy us. Okay. What has to be done? This tuning circuit. Mm -hmm. You see, I need two bus bars here. Mm. Oh, can you read these diagrams? I think so. Got my degree in electronics. Good. If you could help on the bench work, it would save time. Uh -huh. I've got plenty of time now. All right. But watch yourself. Don't let them see you come out here. If you can take the risk, so can I. No. As the inventor, I built a special immunity for myself and the humanoid central. But you don't have that immunity. They're rather unpleasant methods of dealing with their enemies. They can change you, you know. Change me? Oh. Brain surgery. What do you mean? Never mind. Just be careful. Mr. Underhill. Hmm? Uh, what do you want? You're going to meet with Mr. Sledge. Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm going to collect the rent. Mr. Underhill, you have spent the past two afternoons in his room. In view of your association with Mr. Sledge, we feel that our free trial must be terminated. We suggest that you accept our total service and make the assignment of your property immediately. And if I don't? Then, sir, we may be forced to resort to other methods. Well, uh... Give me one more day to think it over. Very well, sir. Tomorrow. That will be your last chance. Who is it? Underhill. Did they see you? No, not today. Sledge, we've got to hurry. It's difficult work, Mr. Underhill, but I'm almost finished. They gave me till today. They said they'd use other methods. What's that? The humanoids building some kind of a warehouse across the road. 
sledge. Are you sure this thing will work? It's a new principle, Underhill. A tuned rotomagnetic light beam. It should act efficient the heavy atoms of the basic ores and wind for. Will destroy humanoid sense. But are you sure? I know the humanoids. I made them. They can't invent anything. They can't create defenses against something you. Finished on either. You going to use it now? Immediately. I'll have to feed the astronomical data into the calculating circuits. There must be zero error in focusing. What will happen? Wing four will disappear in a chain reaction. Humanoid central will be destroyed. So stop. Ready now. Stand clear, please. Building up. Step on the brother Matthew Pondale. You must be shielded when I cut in the full power load. Hurry, Sledge. I've waited 30 years for this moment, Pondale. When Wing 4 is destroyed, the humanoids all over the galaxy will stop. They'll stop dead. You won't hear those drills. Sledge. All right. anything? Sledge. Listen. The drills have stopped. They've stopped. You can see them. The humanoids have stopped. They couldn't guard against something they couldn't understand. It worked on their... We're free now. Goodbye, Wing 4. Humanoid Central is destroyed. At your service, Mr. Underhill. No, Sledge. Get out of here. Get out. You were attempting to break the prime directive. It is therefore necessary to interfere. But you stopped. I saw you, all of you. In order to guard against Mr. Sledge's beam, it was necessary to stop all units momentarily to concentrate power. That necessity has passed. But it was new. You can't invent anything new. No, sir, but we were able to adapt the screening principle you yourself invented. For the past 30 years, Humanoid Central has been screened against any energy attack. All these years. Wasted. All these years? Your immunity has ended, Mr. Sledge. It will now be necessary for you to accept our full service. No. No, I'll stop you. I'll stop all of you. No, I'll stop you with my bare hands. I'll kill you. Oh, it's no, no use. Do not worry, Mr. Underhill. At worst, he can destroy one unit. There are millions more. Sledge, you'll hurt yourself. Sledge. Oh. I'll kill him. I... He's sick his heart. You, get a doctor. Until he surrenders, we can neither aid nor hinder, Mr. Sledge. Do you surrender your immunity, Mr. Sledge? Have to. Last chance. Gone. Yes, yes. Help me. Help me. At your service, Mr. Sledge. You may see Mr. Sledge now, Mr. Underhill. Alone? If you wish. In here. Thanks. Sledge. Well, well, Underhill. Good to see you. Your head. This is Spanish. 
Is it really? They've done something to you. Are you all right? Oh, fine, fine. Never felt better. You never felt better? No. In fact, I feel ten years younger today. You sound so... so happy. Why not? These humanoids have made a new man of me under you. They're wonderful, aren't they? Wonderful? How can you say that, Sledge? Only yesterday you hated them. You were trying to destroy them. Destroy them? Why? You don't remember? You've forgotten what they're doing to us all? They're killing us with kindness, taking away all our incentive and pride of accomplishment, turning us all into pampered, useless pets, parasites, with nothing left to do but just sit with folded hands at the mercy of these mechanical monsters. At your service, Mr. Underhill. You. You seem troubled, Mr. Underhill. Are you unhappy? Unhappy? You bet I'm unhappy. What have you done to Professor Sledge to turn him into this babbling idiot? We were forced to operate. For years, Mr. Sledge has been suffering from a benign tumor of the brain. It caused him to have hallucinations, to believe that he was actually the creator of the humanoid. Did I? Yes. It was these delusions which were making you unhappy. Oh. <laughs> well, whoever did invent the humanoid, I certainly owe him a debt of gratitude now. Sledge. You see, Mr. Underhill, we have ways to correct these abnormal conditions. Even Mr. Sledge is happy now. You operated on his brain? Yes, Mr. Underhill. And now we are at your service. At my service? You mean you're going to operate it? No. The time has come for you to accept and enjoy our complete service. You will now sign our agreement. Look here, I... If you are unhappy, it only takes a simple operation. No, no. Oh, who said I was unhappy? I'm very happy. I'll sign your paper. You don't have to operate on me. I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm very, very happy. Very happy. The happy Mr. Underhill's futile hand clenched and relaxed again and then folded quietly. There was nothing else left for them to do. You have just heard the Jack Williamson story with folded hands, an adventure in time, space, and the unknown world of the future, the world of... Dimension... Stay tuned for Fibber McGee and Molly next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Fibber McGee and Molly, starring that married couple, Jim and Marion Jordan. Were they popular? Well, listen to this. The primetime situation comedy ran as a standalone series from 1935 to 1956 and then continued as a short-form series as part of the weekend monitor from 1957 to 1959. Now, that's a hell of a run. Tonight's episode is entitled The Porch Swing. <laughs> the Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. <laughs> Thank you.
Did you ever watch an amateur carpenter trying to put a new blade in a hacksaw? And just as he got it properly tightened up, it went... <laughs> well, here he is trying it again with another blade. As we meet, Fibber McGee and Molly. Fine bunch of hacksaw blades. I could get better iron than this out of a can of spinach. Now, let me see. One more twist. <laughs> dead rat, the dead ratted thing anyway. They must make these things out of peanut brittle. What are crack. you doing, McGee? I'm getting ready to put up the porch swing. What are you doing with the meat saw? This, my dear uninformed woman, is not the meat saw. This is a hacksaw. Oh. Well, if you have a friend in jail or something, I'll be glad to bake a cake around it and you can... Uh... What are you doing with it? I'm putting a new blade into it. Blades keep busting. I've been tightening them very gently like this, and every time I... <laughs> See what I mean? That makes four of them I've broken. Well, why don't you leave them looser? Won't cut anything if they're loose. I'll show you what I mean. Hand me another blade. All right. Here you are. Thanks. Now, let me see. One gentle twist. Ah. Two gentle twists. <laughs> Three gentle twists. Ah. Ah, there. I guess I was just a little... <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 McGee, don't say it. Ah, the death. Why do you need the hacksaw anyway? I'm putting up the porch swing. Why do you need a hacksaw? Because the hacksaw is... I need it. It's for the... It, it's... My gosh, I guess I don't need it. <laughs> Fine. Boy, is that a relief. I might have spent the whole day putting in new hacksaw blades. Sure. Now I can go to work. Hey, are my eyes going bad or is that Sig Wellington coming up the walk? That's Mr. Wellington, all right. Wearing a Panama hat that must have been woven underwater and taken out wet because... Ah, hello there, Mr. Wellington. Ah, <laughs> oh, there, Mrs. McGee. How you do brighten my day. And McGee... Tarnished again. <laughs> Hello, Sigmund. Sit down on the top step and let's talk about inconsequential things. How have you been? That's the first pair of spats I've seen for a long time, Mr. Wellington. Is this a formal call? Oh, no. I was going to stop in at the bank on my way back about a small loan, and I was afraid I'd get cold feet. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful Panama hat, too, Sig. Weave it yourself. No, it's it's merely one of a large collection of hats I own. Mm -hmm. One of the advantages of being a theater owner is the lost and found department, you know. <laughs> you must let me show it to you sometime. All but the purses, which I keep locked up. Oh, too valuable, I imagine. No, no, I just don't like to see those bags under my eyes all the time. <laughs> I suppose you hide the umbrellas, too, because they remind you of the overhead. Very amusing. But what, may I ask, are you constructing with this vast array of mechanical impedimenta, my friend? He's putting up the part swing, Mr. Wellington. You can stick around and give me a hand if you want to, Sig. No, thank you, my friend. The last time you did some repair work, I gave you a hand. In fact, I gave you my all. In fact, that is my all right there. I've been looking all over for it. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Oh, well, take it then, engine giver. Uh, how splendid to have it back again. It isn't a pleasant thing at my age to feel that one has lost his punch. Well, <laughs> good day, old chap, and Mrs. McGee, au revoir until next week. Yes, but the thought of seeing you again gives me strength. My, my, isn't he charming, McGee? Yeah, more personality than an onion sandwich. <laughs> 
I'd like to buy him for what I think of him and sell him for what he thinks of himself. <laughs> Did you see him go away with half my tools? Now, don't exaggerate, McGee. He only took that little all and he had a perfect right to it. He loaned it to you a year ago. That's beside the point. He knows I got to put up this porch swing and deliberately ran off with a very useful tool. What would you need an all for? I need an all for the... In case I have to... It would make it... Uh, I always... You could... It might... Well, I guess I don't need it at that. Of course not. Well, I've got to go see about dinner, Gary, and if you need help, you just call for me. Okay. Ah, there goes a good kid. She knows when it comes to carpentering, I don't know my neck from a folding ruler. <laughs> but does she ever criticize? Yes. <laughs> but does she mean it? Certainly she means it. That's why she does it. She's a... Hi, mister. Huh? Oh. Oh, hi, Peeny. Hi. Hey, what you doing, mister, and what you doing? Well, I'm... Hmm? What you, hmm? I'm putting up the porch swing. Putting up a what, mister? Porch swing. Don't you know what a porch swing is? Sure I do, I bet you. We got one at our house. Oh, you got a porch swing? Hmm? Hey? What'd you say, mister? I says you got a porch swing. Gee, how'd you know? Who told you? <laughs> I was walking by one night and it squealed. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? <laughs> Look, sis, I'm a very busy man Very busy I gotta put the porch swing up Oh, you got everything you need, mister? Yes, hmm? I have Now, if you'll just get out of my way And I'll sure. stand I sure you got everything? Certainly I'm sure Let me see Hammer, screwdriver, hacksaw, bracing bit Yes, I have Oh, <laughs> I bet you haven't, I bet you Well, I'll bet you any amount of money you want to bet up to ten cents That I got everything here I need to put up the swing Let me see the dough, mister Okay There you are Thin dime. Now, what do I need to put up the porch swing that I haven't got? The porch swing. The por- <laughs> Oh, my gosh, I forgot to bring out the porch swing. There you did. Billy Mills in the orchestra and Bessame Mucho.
My goodness, this swing did need some fixing, didn't it? Yeah, but it'll be okay. I put new slats in all across the back, tightened up the arm. Well, it looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Where'd you get such uh, nice slats for the back, dearie? Out of the front fence. The front fence? Mm-hmm. McGee, you mean those are pickets? Now, don't worry. I took them out so as it don't show. I took out every other picket, see, and the fence looks like it's supposed to be that way. <laughs> you walk past it fast and you don't notice a thing. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hi, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Alice, dear. Hi, Al. Sit down and watch me put up the porch swing. Oh, thanks. We had a porch swing at home and the boys liked it so well that I didn't get to see a movie for three summers. <laughs> <laughs> and my father finally had to remodel the house and tear out the front porch so I'd get a chance to go out at night. <laughs> well, it's a great place to get a boy to propose, Alice. Yeah. In fact, that's how I snagged uh, Mr. McGee in our porch swing, wasn't it, dearie? Yeah, that wasn't the only time I got snagged in that swing either. <laughs> Talk about nails. <laughs> right now, I got 32 more pores than the average human body. <laughs> hey, Alice, there's a note on the table for you from a guy named Ricky. Oh, him. Hmm. Uh, isn't he the boy you were out with last night, dear, uh, the Marine? I think he's a Marine merchant. No, no, no. <laughs> you mean merchant marine, don't you, Alice? No, marine merchant. Creepers. What a salesman. <laughs> I get on with <laughs> Well, I'm going up to bed now, Mrs. McGee. All right, dear. If anyone else calls, we'll take the message. Oh, thank you. So long now. Oh, uh, Mr. McGee. Yeah? I, um, I hate to ask this, but, uh, well, would you do me a favor? Why, sure, Alice. What's on your mind? Well, uh, if you don't mind, could I have those pliers back that I loaned you to fix the Christmas tree stand with? Pliers? Uh-huh. I don't believe I have any pliers with your name on them, Alice. I got some here that belong to some guy named Davis, but I don't know uh, who... Al Davis, that's the one. Oh. He's the fellow at the airplane plant that he and I used to go together, but we quit, and now he wants all his tools back. <laughs> Heavenly days. Of course you can have them, Alice. Here. McGee can always borrow them back in a pinch. Oh, gee, thanks, Mrs. McGee. I'll see you later. Thanks. Well, there we go again. No pliers. How do you suppose I can put up the porch swing with everybody snaking my tools away one at a time? My gosh, a fellow drives to do some work and... What'd you need the pliers for? To put up the porch swing, doggone it. But why the pliers? Because the pliers, I could use them... Well, the swing, if they... Hmm. <laughs> Say, I guess I didn't need the pliers at that. <laughs> oh, well, I can finish putting these slats in anyway. Oh, my, that porch swing has really seen service, hasn't it, dearie? Yeah, I'll say it has. Remember when Fred and Nittany come to visit us right after the war? Yes. And we'd sit in this swing all day long and remorse about our different adventures? You don't mean remorse, dearie. You mean reminisce. I don't mean any such a thing. Reminisce is when you forget to do something. Like I was reminiscing paying the gas bill this month. <laughs> now that's remiss. <laughs> Are you kidding who? <laughs> remiss is when you take two shots at something and don't hit it either time. <laughs> you miss and then you remit. <laughs> You're thinking of remit. No, no, Pat. Remit means to pay and you didn't. Well, then what does remorse mean? It means you're sorry for something. And I am, too. I'm sorry old Fred Nittany can't drop in again one of these days and remorse about our different adventures. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hiya, Molly. Hi, pal. Hi, Junior. Hunker down on the top step there and watch a real carpenter carving. What are you doing, friend? Well, he's putting up the porch swing, Mr. Wilcox, and he always gets into one of his masterful moods when he takes his hammer in hand. His hammer? 
Yes, my hammer. What's the matter? Your ears need glasses? I uh, just wanted to point out the name burned into the handle of the hammer, Sonny Boy. Hmm? C-H-W-I-L-C-O-X. Why, so they are, McGee. Did you borrow that from Mr. Wilcox? <laughs> my gosh, I guess I did. <laughs> well, how do you know? It's a small world, isn't it, Junior? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't even lose a hammer yet. <laughs> this is your hammer, isn't it? Well, you know me, pal. I hate to make positive statements, but... Yes, I know. Get him, will you? Hates to make a positive statement. <laughs> What's that stuff you toss around every week about Johnson's wax? Just vague hints? <laughs> well, that's different. Why, Mr. Wilson? Oh, Molly, please. <laughs> Asking him why at a time like this is like throwing a stick for a pup to chase. He's going to have his muddy paws in our lap now for the next five minutes. (laughs) Well, what I mean is I don't mind making a positive statement about a product like Johnson's Wax when its ability to bring new life and beauty to floors and furniture and woodwork has been so well demonstrated. On the other hand, my first initial and last name on the hammer handle might, just might, be a coincidence. Circumstantial evidence. It isn't legally conclusive. You're the only H. Wilcox we know, Mr. Wilcox. I knew a Herman Wilcox once. He was a fellow You see, some things are so well established they don't need any supporting evidence. This Herman Wilcox I knew had a hammer. Conversely, the fact that my name is on a hammer handle would not necessarily convince a jury of my property rights. Mm, Hickory hammer handle, too, Herman had. (laughs) Say, if I could only ask a lawyer about that, I could soon get that point settled. There's a lawyer lives the third house down, Junior. Old Joe Habeas. Gee, really? I'll run over and ask him. Here, let me take that hammer, pal. This is a fascinating legal technicality. Well, I've often wondered what would happen. Well, of all of... Now, how do you like that? Practically snatching a guy's hammer out from under his very eye. If that isn't What do you cur- need the hammer for now? My gosh, the hammer's the... That's what I... was. The hooks, if, if the nails are when you... Hmm. Come to think of it, I guess I was through with the hammer at that. <laughs> Haven't you any tools of your own, dear? Certainly I got tools of my own. Practically everything here is mine. That broken ice pick, <laughs> that plumb bob, that piece of copper wire. Who owns the steel tape and the brace and bit? Doc Gamble. But that piece of rope is mine, and that spool that had the tire tape on it, that's mine. So is Whose the... screwdriver is that? Doc Gamble's. <laughs> but who do you suppose owns that nail file? I do. And that handful of thumbtacks? I do. Whose hacksaw is that? Doc Gamble's. But he never had... my long ears, but did I hear my name mentioned? Oh, hello, Doctor. Come on up on the porch. You ever hear the old saying, Doc? Eavesdroppers never hear anything good about themselves? <laughs> Allowing for your lousy grammar, smudge pot, yes, I have. <laughs> and I wasn't eavesdropping. Anybody who would eavesdrop on your conversation would be stupid enough to look in the back of a telephone book to see how it came out. <laughs> What's he think he's doing, Molly? He's putting up the porch swing, Doctor, and please don't make any derogatory remarks. He's very easily discouraged at manual labor. <laughs> well, I wasn't, I wasn't going to be unkind. I think it's wonderful. Get a little of that tallow away from his belt buckle. <laughs> Look who's talking about a tallow tummy. (laughs) You got a bay window that the Dion family could watch a parade from. (laughs) You look like you had been ringed five times in a horseshoe game and put your shirt on over it. Well, I'm the professional type, my boy. My occupation is sedentary. Well, why don't you hire a sedentary, you cheapskate? (laughs) 
afraid she'd steal your nine cents worth of postage stamps? No, he didn't say secretary, dearie. He said sedentary, meaning that he sits down a lot. Exactly. What do you mean, exactly? He couldn't sit down anywhere exactly if his life was at stake. <laughs> he comes in on a wing and a chair. <laughs> That's not bad, McGee. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> not very good either, coming <laughs> Incidentally, incidentally, McGee, where did you get this brace and bit? My best brace and bit. Why, he borrowed it from you, Dr. Gamble, didn't you, dearie? It's mine, all right, but he didn't borrow it from me, Molly. Where'd you get it, you little August snatcher? Well, for your information, you big sausage, I went over to your house one day and you were out and it looked like rain and here was your best brace and bit out in the backyard. In the backyard? Don't give me that stuff, McGee. I keep my tools in the garage. Well, where's your garage, stupid? In the backyard, that's where. Now, McGee. And not only that, but the garage was unlocked and if I hadn't brought the brace and bit home with me, somebody might have walked in and stole it. Oh, yeah? Well, I never leave that garage unlocked, McGee, you little tool thief, and you know that, too. Well, it might as well be unlocked with that broken catch on the back window. <laughs> My gosh, anybody could pile boxes up there and get in. Just as easy as I did. Now, McGee. Well, if that's the kind of gratitude I'm going to get for saving your tools for you, you big... Hey, give me a hand with this swing, will you? Doc, old kid? Uh, sure, McGee. Ready to put up? Yeah. Come on in the house and let's get the chains for it. Yeah. I keep them put away so they don't get rusted. All right. Where are they? Right there in the hall closet, Doc. <laughs> Just open the door and... This door? Oh! Kingsman sang, She Broke My Heart in Three Places. She was like a blushing rose that trembled at my touch. We traded time for time. Later on I realized I loved her much too much. Now you'll see what finally transpired. Broke my heart in three places, Seattle, Chicago, and New York. She left me on those wild goose chases, but brother, I trailed her like a hawk. It started in the moonlight, we drifted on a lake. Down on my knees, I whispered, please, give my heart a so she broke my heart in three places, Seattle, Chicago, and New York. She broke my heart in four places, Toledo, Albuquerque, Minneapolis, and St. Paul. She broke my heart in five places, in Omaha, Nebraska, Terre Haute, in Omaha, Alaska, Chattanooga, and Montreal. It started in Savannah, we landed in Salt Lake. And there I cried my heart out, oh, give me just one break. So she broke my heart in ten places. Telina, Pasadena, Boise, Idaho, and Buffalo, Detroit, and Bowling Green. Pay attention while I mention racing. Wisconsin, 
knew the courtesy of S.C. Johnson. Seattle, Chicago, and New York! Now, there you are, Molly. Porch swing is up. And may I be the first to congratulate you, dearie? <laughs> you followed through like a rabbit hound in a hollow log. <laughs> Why, it even hangs level. Hangs level? Isn't it supposed to hang level? Well, after you're married, yes. Huh? <laughs> but you know, a smart single girl will always have a porch swing that helps people get together at one end of it. Hey, yours was always lopsided, come to think of it. The one on your porch in Peoria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be... You tricked me. You tricked me. <laughs> you tricked me, too. How did I? I always used to think you were so neat, the way you could tie a bow tie so nicely. Huh? And then six months after we were married, one of them fell off, and I discovered they were tied at the factory. <laughs> I cried all night. <laughs> well, I don't know why. You might have married a guy who wore factory-tied foreign hands. <laughs> hey, look how easy the swing swings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Needs a little oil. We got any? I think there's some in my sewing machine. I'll ask Beulah. Oh, Beulah? Beulah? Somebody out here yipping for Beulah? <laughs> we got any lubricating oil, Beulah? Says we got which? <laughs> <laughs> lubricating oil, Beulah. The kind you squirted things to squeak. Isn't there a little can of it in my sewing machine? No, ma'am, there ain't a drop left in there. I used the last of it in the Valcom. In the what? The Valcom, the Valcom cleaner. Oh, you know, the copper sweeper with the sound effect. <laughs> well, remind me to get some tomorrow, McGee. We want it for this porch swing deal. It squeaks. Well, for goodness sake, ma'am, let it squeak. Ain't nothing more home like than a squeaking post swing. <laughs> Saved my papa's life once. What did, Beulah? A squeaking post swing. Hmm. Yes, it did. My papa always smoked cigars and was always falling asleep. Hmm. One night he racked himself in a post swing, a puffing and a rocking. <laughs> rocking and a puffing and a rocking and a squeaking. Squeaking and a puffing. And all of a sudden he fell sound asleep. Well, uh, what saved his life? Well, ma'am, the minute he fell asleep, the swing stopped rocking. And the squeak stopped the squeaking. Papa jumped up and holler, what's that? <laughs> On account he don't hear no more squeaking, Moses. <laughs> he wake up just in time to stomp out a fire in his shirt front. <laughs> stomp out a fire in his shirt front? What was he, a contortionist? No. <laughs> he stamped it out with his bare hands. <laughs> anyway, that's why I don't mind no squeaking, no post-swing. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we better leave this one, McGee. You're always doing the same thing. You know? Okay, forget the oil. Might have my own life saved by a narrow squeak. Have his own life saved by a squeak, <laughs> man. <laughs> Love that man. Forget the squeak, dearie. Mm-hmm. I hadn't considered it in the light of a fire alarm. Come on, let's sit in the swing a while. Personally, I don't mind the squeak. It's cheerful. And the mosquitoes love it. Why? A squeak in the porch swing is like a moose call to a mosquito. 
It is? Yeah, he goes and rounds up all his friends and says, Come on, fellas, over to McGee's. There's somebody in the porch swing. <laughs> oh, isn't this peaceful, dearie? Just to sit here and relax. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a lonesome sound? Yeah. Nowadays, whenever I hear a train whistle, I think of all the boys that are over there. And McGee, did you remember to write a check for that extra war bond tomorrow? All rode out and on the hall table with my hat. Getting up the first thing in the morning. Wish I could get a bigger one, but I'm straining the budget as it is. Oh, bother the budget. We'd better come out short at the end of the month than at the end of the war. Yeah. Guess that's right. <laughs> like old times, isn't it? Huh? Sure is. Oh, hey. I almost forgot. Reach under your end of the swing. What on earth is... Oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> Let me take it. Here. Thanks. Oh, gee. <laughs> My old mandolin. Oh, the moon shines tonight. On Swing up, McGee, and are in the mood for carpentry. You can put the screen doors on tomorrow. Oh, I can't tomorrow. Make it Friday or Saturday. Why not tomorrow? Hmm, no tools. Take me two or three days to round them all up again. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Good night. Good night, all. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Duffy's Tavern, followed by the Green Hornet. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.